0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
1: Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. When it comes to gridlock in Washington, D.C., both. Republicans and Democrats love to point to the problem of the filibuster in the Senate, that it takes 60 votes to get anything done. But is there really a problem in the Senate, or is it just that everyone is so addicted to divisive politics that nobody really wants to have the real conversation about policy? Could there be a simple way to tweak the rules of the Senate that would get both politicians and voters back to debating policy instead of focusing on politics? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. We're really thrilled to have back on the program Tom Koenig, who's a writer, contributor for The Dispatch. He's also a student at Harvard Law School getting ready to get back in. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll save the discussion about student loans for a minute. Uh, Tom, thanks for coming back on the show. And you got a, a great piece uh, talking about something that we talk about often on the show, and that is this whole idea of the filibuster and what its proper role is and what the rules of the Senate are and how we could actually get some things done. But uh, thanks for coming back on.
2: Thank you so much, Boyd. Happy to be here.
1: So a lot of politicians have, have kind of gotten to the point where they, uh, they just use the filibuster as the excuse for not doing anything. Uh, and you've uh, laid out some things that I think are some good ideas in terms of, well, here's another way to do it, knowing that the Senate can change its own rules whenever it wants. Uh, this is one that seems to me like uh, ought to be on the floor of the Senate, at least for debate.
2: I agree. So uh, just a brief overview of what I'm proposing here. Currently, the way the filibuster functions, In order to close debate and thus have a vote on the bill, you need to clear that 60-vote threshold. So in order to pass any bill in the Senate, you really need 60 out of the 100 votes. And as you've alluded to, that has kind of functioned as a way to just stop all progress on on any sort of bill because either party rarely ever has a 60-plus vote majority, right? Yeah. And at the same time, I'm not comfortable with getting rid of the filibuster entirely. Because then we could have a situation where, say, the Republicans have control of the Senate for two years, but then it flops to the Democrats, and you can kind of have a a whiplash effect, right? Yeah. Where one party passes legislation, the other party repeals, and so on and so forth. And that's not a very stable legal regime. So right. what I'm proposing is to think about, you know, the filibuster as this um, this tool this tool for deliberation, right? So, on the one hand, if legislation can pass that 60 vote threshold, I think that, you know, that seems like legislation that ought to get through the Senate. But if it can't pass that 60 vote threshold, that doesn't mean it necessarily has to die. So, what I'm proposing is if you can get over that simple majority, uh, 50 vote hump, maybe the legislation should go through the Senate, sitting as what I call a committee of the whole, and then an an election cycle would have to intervene, and then that same bill would be voted on again by the Senate after the voters have had a chance to kind of discuss it and to debate it and for candidates to take stances on it. And then if it can attain a simple majority once again, then you know that's a bill that ha- will have effectively passed the Senate it'll have to pass the house and then it would be presented to the president
1: yeah and so let's kind of go through that scenario you you paint a great scenario just using it uh, looking at something like immigration uh, something that i think right You know, ninety four and a half percent of it could be solved in an afternoon because everybody agrees. But uh, people like to raise money and run wedge campaigns off of it, Uh, so we'll save that debate for another day. Uh, But let but let's kind of go through this using using the model you're proposing because I think this is important for people to understand it. it, That if there is a way to carry over, people don't I often don't recognize that if a bill doesn't get that vote uh, or doesn't clear that sixty vote hurdle, and then you have an election. Uh, then it all starts over. You have to reintroduce the bill. You basically have to start from ground zero. Uh, and often that just means the, the death of it uh, in terms of getting it done. So, right. so walk us through under your proposal what that might look like on something like immigration.
2: Yeah, the hypothetical I used in the piece in the dispatch, is say you have an immigration reform package and you get, say, 55 votes. Now, if memory serves, I think this is somewhat similar to what happened in the Senate back in, 2013 was that the gang of eight i forget yep uh you'll have to check me on that your listeners can check me on that but there was an immigration reform proposal that i believe cleared a simple majority 50 vote threshold but it wasn't enough to get past the 60 vote filibuster and thus it died in the senate so what i'm proposing is say it gets 55 votes it's not going to clear that 60 vote threshold and get immediate passage through the senate right but instead, what it would do, it will have attained the 55 votes. The senators will vote you know, on the record, but they won't be sitting in their capacity as the United States Senate passing a bill pursuant to Article I, Section 7 of the Constitution. They'll be sitting as what I call a committee of the whole, which is a phrase from the Constitutional Convention of right. 1787. Uh, it's kind of like a committee as if it's the Education Committee or the Labor Committee. So they pass it as a committee of the whole, and then the Senate rules would say, after the next election cycle, if this bill has attained a simple majority, you know, 51 votes or 50 votes plus the vice presidential tiebreaker, then the Senate, sitting as the Senate, will vote on it again. And if it can attain a simple majority again, then it will have passed through the United States Senate for purposes of the Article One, Section 7 legislative process.
1: Mm, I think that is a fascinating way to look at it. it uh uh, you have a great Madison quote, which we always give bonus points for. Uh, we think Hamilton <laughs> gets way too much coverage. So any any good Madison is, I agree with is that. good. Time and reason go hand in hand, uh, day-to-day life uh, as well as in politics. Uh, and I think that's so true that this could be uh, and really do what the Senate has often been described as, the cooling saucer. So it's not just the majoritarian right. rule of the House that could flip back and forth, as you said, creating a whiplash effect. Uh, but this kind of idea – Uh, could actually get us to a space where we could have some debate and actually carry, I know this is really radical, uh, carry some policy debate into the politics of, of election season.
2: Right. And in fact, that's kind of the main reason I've proposed this reform to the Senate rules. I'm really thinking about the tenor of our political discourse and how we talk about politics, because I actually spend a lot of time in the piece talking about how, you know, when we have political arguments today, frankly, we're rarely focused on policy disagreements. It's kind of strange you know, Mm -hmm. how we're just talking about identities and these symbols and these people and these tribes, but we're really not talking about policies all that much. And if you had this sort of process where you have an actual pending piece of legislation out there in the public square up for debate, what I think it would do would really clarify the stakes of elections. We would really Know kind of like what we're voting on, like concretely. Yeah. It would make elections uh, a little more tangible and the issues a little more tangible. And it would frankly force our candidates and our sitting senators to actually take a stance on some of these tougher, more complex policy questions. So my hope is that it would kind of, you know, force uh, everyday citizens and politicians alike to actually try to grapple with the actual difficult and complex policy issues that we do face as a country, yet we never seem to actually talk about. Um, And I think that, you know, as a self-governing citizenry, we have a duty to actually talk about these things and to take them seriously and not to just be hurling these vague insults at one another that frankly don't even mean anything anymore. I want to talk about the policy. Um, So I think that this reform of the rules is geared towards shaping uh, political discourse, which I think is very important. Yeah, I, I think that
1: is the key. It's a great piece. We'll post this on our social uh, feeds today. It's in the dispatch. Uh, Tom Koenig, again, just a, a great piece, great thinking. Uh, and if we can begin to even nudge ever so slightly our conversations around elections toward policy uh, rather than just bumper stickers and uh, divisive uh, political wedge issues. Uh, I think that will do a great thing uh, for the country, for our communities, and for the future of the republic. So great thinking, great writing as always, Uh, Tom. Appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much, Boyd. So I think Tom nailed some important conversation pieces there. If we can start having elections based on tangible, specific policies and pieces of legislation, that changes the conversation completely. Because then it's not about character assassination. Uh, It's not about weaponizing somebody's words. You can say, well, where do you stand on this particular bill? Rather than what we do now, which is we talk about bills that then die and never come back. And so then we're just left to go to the rhetorical and to the divisive words that are keeping us from having the conversation that will actually solve the problems. That's worth thinking about. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio.
0: A stranger with
1: a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story.
2: Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles.
1: Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade